Welcome to another episode of What They Aren't Telling You. I am Melissa Floyd, and I've taken a little break from um, self-healing posts, which are still a big part of my current situation, just because I'm dealing with a, a chronic health issue that's been about 16, 17 months in the making. Um, and I do see so much value in that information. So I do want to continue bringing stuff like that to you guys uh, involving anxiety, health, nervous system regulation, etc. Just because especially with what could be coming as it relates to health, the environment, immune, political, etc. Like all these different layers and aspects really take a toll on our bodies as we deal with the stress uh, physical and mental that's associated. And uh, I don't want to stop with that information just because I think it is actually something that will really, really help improve your life. But right now we're seeing kind of a influx of information surrounding uh, COVID and where the situation is going to go again. It's almost, I, I just did a podcast episode this last week about COVID 2.0. And it's like we're reliving uh, some of these things because we've got discussions about closing down schools. Uh, This is not everywhere, but uh, mask mandates put in place, which have actually happened in certain colleges. And they're looking at that for younger kids. And then we've got a brand new vaccine that is going to be unveiled this week. In fact, I think it's technically going to be um, unveiled tomorrow, which is September 15th. So uh, I want to touch on these things just because they're in the news right now. They're all over social media again, and I want to put some grounding to the information um, to hopefully give you some uh, perspective that you can take from this to help with your discussions that you have with other people, but your own digesting of this material. You know, what is concerning? What should we be worried about? What kind of action steps, if any, can we take? And what's sort of underneath what they're giving us? This really isn't that different than 2020. It's really not that different than the years prior with the flu shot campaigns. We're seeing a lot of similar language and we are seeing kind of similar tactics um, as I'm going to talk about in the next two episodes. So one of them starts with an article. So today's episode starts with an article that talks about this new vaccine. And this was from MSN.com and US Health. And then I'm going to go into Pfizer's actual website that has their news release about this new vaccine and what they say and what they don't say. And finally, I'm going to add into that Dr. Peter McCullough's um, summary on the study that was used for Pfizer to say this new vaccine could potentially work. So this is kind of going to give you information surrounding the whole thing. And in the next episode, I'm going to talk about another news article discussing this vaccine release and whether or not it works or who can be uh, benefited from this as well as the survey that they used to get this information, which was done on kind of like a general population, but not quite as big as you'd imagine. And I want to go through what those answers were and what that might say and how they are trying to potentially manipulate that information to make it look like more Americans are on board with this than really are. So that'll be the next episode. But on this one, I start with an article. And this article is from msn.com. And this was on 
August 14th. So the, the title says CDC expects new COVID vaccines from Pfizer, Moderna, and Novavax to be available in mid-September. In this article, they talk about how this is going to be available in September, how the vaccines are targeting Omicron subvariant XBB.1.5. Okay, the reason that this is important is the, the press release from Pfizer was done back in June. So understanding how things change, how things mutate, and I always preface this by saying, depending on your belief system on what viruses are and how they work and go through a population, but in the traditional sense, they mutate all the time. Coronaviruses, just like regular colds, mutate all the time. Flu viruses do the same thing. In fact, most respiratory viruses do. And keep in mind, there are so many other respiratory viruses that are unnamed, that are not influenza and not COVID, and they have been responsible, according to vital health and statistics from the CDC, they've been responsible for tens of thousands of deaths every year. Respiratory viruses um, do that, right? They take over bodies that are not strong enough to handle an immune assault. But most of those viruses that do this are not named. They don't even have a name. So sometimes they lump them into the flu and they'll say, you know, the flu kills 60,000 people a year. That's why you need to get your flu shot. The truth is that number is not 60,000 as far as testing and seeing the influenza actual virus. They lump them all together because they have all these unnamed respiratory viruses. But now we're adding COVID viruses to this with lots of different strains already, lots of different mutations. We know we've already seen the initial alpha strain, then the delta strain, and then um, the omni strain. And from the omni strain, we're just getting all these different, I mean, I don't know who names this stuff, but I mean, XBB.1.5, it's just, it's so silly. And they continue to change. But regardless, the reason why it's important to know what it's targeting is because this particular subvariant is completely outdated. It's now, at, at the date of this recording, uh, less than 6% of total cases. So rolling out an entire vaccine program tomorrow for all Americans to get their booster for a variant that is no longer in existence is concerning because this is not forward-thinking medicine. This is outdated medicine. And with that outdated medicine means less results, decreased likelihood of actually providing any level of protection. We already know that none of these vaccines can prevent the spread or transmission. So you are not getting yours to help protect your neighbor or your community or the older person in your family. These vaccines, none of these vaccines have ever been proven to show that they stop transmission. In fact, they've had to sort of retract that over and over by saying it does not stop the spread, but it just gives you that less severe case. And remember, these are the exact words that they used. With the flu shots, every year they say the same thing, like this is not going to stop you from getting the flu, but you'll get a much milder case. That we know also, there's no scientific evidence for that as well. This is kind of like PR jumping in to do damage control. And early on in 2020, we all said, many of us said, listen, this is going to be really similar because it's part of the coronavirus family, which is a cold family. Like because it's part of that family, this is going to continue to change and mutate. And once they get people taking a vaccine, they're going to want it every single year. And people said, no, that's ridiculous. This is a one and done. Just get your vaccine and that's going to be enough. But we've seen the primary series. So one or two doses from that people had to get. And many people have received already two, three, possibly four boosters. 
So you're looking at this series already. This is no, we're not talking one and done anymore. And now the way that they are so openly discussing it is like, this is going to be an annual shot. And I talked about that on the last episode, COVID 2.0, which you can check out here on what they aren't telling you. So this particular article, I'm talking about the CDC expecting the new COVID vaccines from Pfizer, Moderna, and Novavax to be available. They're targeting the Omicron subvariant XBB 1.5. It says these vaccines still need approval from the FDA and the CDC, which will form eligibility guidelines. Well, the truth is it's available as of tomorrow without FDA approval, which means it's still under this emergency use authorization. And as you'll find out later in this episode, they didn't do any actual safety testing to make sure that this would be okay. But Pfizer no longer is producing their original vaccine. Uh, And of course, we've seen lots of different adverse events and side effects from the first round of all of these vaccines. And so now they're trying to kind of alter this, but there's no safety data on this. Repeat, no human safety data has been done, at least on Pfizer's vaccine. And as you'll see in this article, they reference Pfizer as the source of safety, meaning it's fine for all of them then. So there is no safety data from the other ones at all. And Pfizer is the only one that says it looks like this, this new uh, version is going to be, is going to have this, you know, uh, robust effect. Okay. So the part that I think is really interesting is this. It says, Pfizer, Moderna, and Novavax designed their updated vaccines to target the Omicron variant XBB 1.5 which is slowly declining in prevalence nationwide. Now, what they don't tell you is that it's around that 5% or less now. It says, but initial trial data from all three drug makers suggests that the new shots will still protect against EG5. Now, EG5 is the Eris subvariant that I talked about in the last episode, which is the most prevalent now. And yet there's even another one that I'll talk about in a second that is gaining in traction as well. So already on to that, that was E, now we're onto the Fs because they keep naming these alphabetically like they do with hurricanes. So it says initial data from all three drug makers, but where is that initial data? We don't actually have that initial data. That's not being shown to the public. The only person that has mentioned Initial data is Pfizer, and I'll go into exactly what that includes later in this episode. So they say in quote, an FDA official says, one of the manufacturers, aka Pfizer, have already made it clear that when testing their vaccine against EG5, it looks like the neutralization is robust. Okay, so I want to pay attention briefly to the language. I talk a lot about language because I think it's really important to see what they're not saying So it's just like, kind of like, um, and I talk to my kids about this when we're driving by these signs that'll say, like big lots, up to 40% off, but you see 40% off in the sign and the up to is teeny tiny in the upper left-hand corner, which means most things are probably going to be 10%, 20%, and some things nothing, but it's up to 40% off. But you see 40% off going, the whole store's on sale, I'm going to go in there. And they do this with advertising on purpose. Advertising is a very deceptive market. And they found all the different ways to tell the truth because now advertising is held to standards, which it never used to be. Um, And so they want to tell the truth so they're not legally in any kind of danger. But they also want to sort of distract you in a way that makes you think the thing that they want you to think. And so if you look at language in articles like this, you'll see stuff like this. 
initial data suggest, okay, that's not saying shows, it suggests. Then it says in the quote I just mentioned, it looks like the neutralization is robust. Not that it is, it looks like it is. It continues down here, it says, however, the official noted the new vaccines will likely protect against any severe outcomes. Likely, not that they will, because they can't say that they will. One, because there's really no way for them to tell that because they haven't done these human trials. And two, because they haven't had success with this in the past ever, not just with this one. You know, they tried doing vaccines with SARS-CoV-1 and that was in 2003. They tried, didn't work, never worked. They've never had success with a coronavirus family vaccine. So they can't say it's going to do this. They're just going to say it's likely. It looks like. It's possible. It appears. It suggests. Do you see how many times they use a similar word? That's telling you that there is no certainty here. And again, they're doing this to kind of protect themselves against liability. But it should be concerning to somebody who's going to take a biologic, a pharmaceutical product that is injected into your body that has inherent risk Okay, I haven't even talked in the last episode, I didn't even talk about risk. But the fact that it doesn't work should be concerning enough. The fact that it doesn't stop transmission and isn't even targeting the right variant and that there's a history of these same vaccines not working, these kinds of things should be concerning, but that doesn't even account for the additional elements here, which are risk. Every single dose is going to have inherent risk. Every single dose is going to be injected into the body with experimental technology that may have an adverse effect on the body. And that adverse effect could be multi-layered. It could be long-term. We don't actually know. So when they say something is suggests, it's likely, it looks like, that's that is not enough certainty for me to assume the risk that is guaranteed for some. So we have this hypothetical benefit for a guaranteed risk for some. Yes, it's not a risk for everybody. But the problem is there is no way to tell who is going to be at risk. And for something that doesn't have a guaranteed protection, that's a lot to gamble one time let alone doing it every single year from this point on in order to have this hypothetical protection. It says in this article, it's unclear how well the new shots will protect against another Omicron strain. This is something they're already seeing, these new strains in US, UK, Denmark, and Israel. It says, I think it's too early. The FDA official says, I think it's too early to know for sure about this new variant in terms of exact data. But information will be available in the coming weeks. However, these vaccines will likely protect against severe outcomes. And there's really no way for them to make those to make those assumptions. In fact, I was looking up an interesting article, and I'm gonna have to do another episode on that because it's really interesting. It's from the head of the CDC, who is a mother, and quote, I am a mother and I suggest you get the vaccine. I'm the head of the CDC, I suggest you get the vaccine. She goes on to sort of quote the number of doses and how many Americans have already been vaccinated. It's really interesting because when you look at the details of that data, it's not quite as clear as she states it. So she tries to state that 270 million Americans have gotten the vaccine. Well, that is a 
an enormous percentage of the population. If we're looking at the population at about 330 million, on average, we'll say 330 million people, then we're, that's like an 82% of the population. And I'm sorry, I know too many people. <laughs> and there are too many people that have not gotten that vaccine that uh, to, to make up those numbers. And remember, this includes children. So no, it, that, that number is ridiculous. And so when you click on the little links, um, it talks about how these numbers might be overestimated. And these are the things that you want to pay attention to because you're going to be bombarded in the next two months, maybe longer, with information about getting your booster, getting your booster, and vaccination rates, and COVID rates, and uh, we might have to look at closures and things like that. You're going to be bombarded with this stuff again. And the reason you're going to be bombarded with it is because there's a new vaccine out. So in order to get people to take action, they're going to have to create a problem. And the solution is the vaccine. But if you actually look at this data ahead of time, this is when they're all telling the truth is right now. You might see this information change over these next couple months where they try to act like there's more certainty or they try to act like there's no risk or they try to act like this is definitely working and it's improving. Again, in that article about the head of the CDC, they, they actually put a numeric value on the number of deaths that have been prevented from the vaccine. It's entirely hypothetical. You cannot, with any scientific certainty, say that because you got the vaccine, it prevented you from dying because they don't know that you would have died had you gotten it. They don't know what the outcome would have been. They are making estimations with numbers of lives saved that are scientifically based on nothing. And they're like, you know, 600,000 lives have been saved because of vaccines. It's like, you can't say that. You have no clue whether or not a vaccine did anything to save anybody. And remember, they're also not really reporting people that have adverse events that could lead to things like fatalities. They're not putting the vaccine into that bucket. So this information could very well shift. And this is why it's really good to look at what they're saying about it now, because we have it on, you know, kind of on record. It's proof. Just like at the beginning of 2020, when they're like, masks don't work. And this is likely going to just be like the flu. That information came from medical professionals at the beginning of all this. Then all of a sudden it became business and politics. And then all the information started shifting again. So pay attention at the time when the information's honest, as honest as you'll get, I should say. And right now, it seems to be very honest uh, as far as what we're getting. And so this is the time to pay attention. Put it in your little back pocket to have. Okay, so it says it's unclear how well the new shots are going to protect against these other strains. Well, guess what? The strain it was designed for is going to be outdated in a matter of weeks. So it's unclear how it's going to protect against the other ones. Well, the other ones are the ones we're dealing with. So now what? So what are we going to do? But they like to throw those lines in. However, the FDA official still noted that these new vaccines will likely protect against severe outcomes from catching the COVID virus. So far, they've had 36 mutations. <laughs> wow, from XBB 1.5, 36 different mutations. But there's no evidence that these new mutations are spreading faster or causing more serious infections. Yeah, I talked about that in the last episode. Okay, so this was from MSN.com and US Health. So one other thing I want to add, it says, officials from the CDC and the FDA said the agencies will encourage Americans to receive the updated COVID shot. 
ahead of the fall season when respiratory viruses typically spread more widely. This includes the flu shot, and then they're going to be creating a vaccine for the RSV uh, respiratory virus as well. So they're looking now to get all three. Because why just settle for the flu shot with, you know, whatever, 50%, 40% compliance when you can get people to get all three? You just have to make people afraid enough to do that. So it says our goal is to make sure we're using these tools. The CDC said vaccination is going to be key this year because immunity wanes and because the COVID-19 virus continues to change. So if they know that, why are they pushing for a brand new booster that is going to be inconsequential? It's not going to help. It's not going to do anything. They're going to be probably five new strains by the time this season is over. And then it closes with something like this. This is kind of like the psychological aspect that they throw in. The arrival of the updated vaccines offers some reassurance to Americans as the U.S. sees a slight uptick in COVID cases and hospitalizations. Okay, so here's where they're tapping into the fear. Americans are getting afraid. They're seeing increase in hospitalizations, but we have the answer to make you feel more reassured. Not how can we improve your health or what other natural things can we do to make sure that you're going to be protected against this and anything else and to reduce all of these pre-existing conditions that, according to the CDC, 70% of Americans have. Not that. That would make way too much sense. Our reassurance is that we've got a new round of vaccines coming out. Now, notice when they say there's been an increase in hospitalizations and COVID cases, still says, but those metrics remain below the summer peak from just last year. Well, nobody was really worried about it last year because there was no new vaccine. So they're saying it's actually less than last year. And now we've got all this press about why it's important and whatever. The timing of that is not a coincidence. Let me just stop here and I'll keep this short for you guys. And part two of this episode will be available soon. 